Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. I am intentionally encouraged when I see people doing business the right way. And for the last 15 years, Damon Burton and his team at SEO National have done just that. Now you might say, Brian, what can they do for me and my business? I'm going to tell you what they can do for you. They can help you understand search engine optimization. There are a lot of players out there in the marketplace, but you want a team of people that are going to be dedicated to working with you and helping you to understand search engine optimization and how you can show up higher on search engines so that you can bring more revenue into your business. Damon and his team are full of integrity, honesty, decency, and trust. And if that's important to you and that encourages you, I would encourage you to give them a call today at 855-736-6285 or go to seonational.com and get a free quote and tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Get ready for a dynamite conversation coming up right now on the Intentional Encourager podcast. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you for joining us again today. Hey, this is a personal treat for me. Sometimes the host has to have a little fun himself. And I am talking to the 2021 representative for the NFL Fan of the Year. Now, that's a big deal. And so if you're watching on YouTube, my man Jim Foster and I are both rocking our Bengals gear because every day is Christmas when your team makes the Super Bowl. For the first time in 33 years, when your team makes the Super Bowl, every day is Christmas. And it's an honor to have Bengal Jim Foster on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Jim, how's it going today, man? What's going on, man? Thanks for having me, buddy. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, what, what a pleasure this is to have you. Let's start here. And, and I reached out to you on social media because your social media presence has just blown up in the last year. Because, you know, it, the success of the Cincinnati Bengals, the team we both have followed. I've, I've been rooting for the Bengals since 1981, about the same time for you as well. And yep, so yep. When, when when your team has that kind of success, you know, you 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 everything just radiates around it. But I wanted to talk about the encouragement of winning. Take me through what the vibe of the city was like starting in September and all the way to February. Because in that six-month window... The, the city of Cincinnati, I had to imagine, it's a place I've been a lot. It's three hours from where I live. We are technically in the Reds and Bengals media market. But take me through what the city was like in, in that, in that five-month window, five-and-a-half-month window, from the first game in September to the Super Bowl in February. Yeah, I, I tell you what, man, it is, uh, I've been a fan for a long time, since 81, just like you when I was a little kid. Uh, my first game I ever watched was that opening day game against the Seahawks uh, that they came back and won. But I'll tell you, uh, I have never there, – there's nothing, nothing in this city that brings this city together like the Bengals do when they win. And, and it's – this city was – look, I was around for the 82 Super Bowl and 89 Super Bowl. Um, I was around for the – you know, the good teams in uh, 2005, 2015, those five-year playoff run. This city was in this city, no matter who you were in the town, uh, without somebody, you know, yelling who day to you. And everybody was wearing Bengals orange and black. I'll be honest, I've never seen a city like this. And I'll tell you, it's, it wasn't just the Bengals winning. Uh, it, it was the Joe Burrow effect. I mean, um, it, it was probably... It was in the most amazing year. It started off 
you know, pretty good in September. And as the year went on, it just kept building like a, a snowball going downhill, man. It was, uh, it was absolutely amazing. It was a fever pitch during that playoff run in the Super Bowl. I've never seen anything like it here in the city. I think it's probably going to be like this for the next 10 or 15 years. <laughs> well, and Jim, here's the thing I'll say about Joe Burrow. And I have seen, again, I, I was like you. Ken Anderson was the quarterback, but he, but he was from Illinois. Then Boomer Esiason came in. He was from New York. And then Carson Palmer came. Of course, Jeff Blake was was a West Coast guy. Uh, Achilles Smith, a West, well, Jeff Blake was from East Carolina. Forgive me. Achilles Smith, a West Coast guy. Carson Palmer, a West Coast guy. Andy Dalton, a Texas guy. This franchise, after 50 years, finally got the last time you can think of an Ohio guy playing quarterback for the Bengals had to be Greg Cook, and that was 50 years ago. And then all of a sudden, in 2020, the perfect storm hits. And unfortunately, the Bengals had to suffer through a 2-14 and 14 season. And Jim, I told people that year, I said, look, the Bengals lost eight games by eight points or less that year. They lost eight games. They were competitive. I mean, Zach Taylor's first year, they were competitive, losing games by a point, two points, three points. But everything fell into place, and Joe Burrow fell in their lap, a kid from Athens, Ohio, about an hour and a half from here about two and a half hours from Cincinnati. When you mentioned the Joe Burrow effect, I know what it's like in Southeast Ohio. I know what it's like in in Western West Virginia where I am. What's it like in Cincinnati, Ohio, where you're at? I mean, because of the Joe Burrow effect, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you, man, it's, uh, I think that's what you had, or you had a, you had a percentage of fans. I don't know what percentage that was, but there were people that gravitated to Joe that maybe weren't diehard football fans, but man, they their eyes open when they see a local kid two hours away from Cincinnati uh, being drafted by the Bengals. So this this guy pulls. I mean, Joe Burrow pulls people in from every direction, uh, and and there's a big chunk of fans that uh, that that do that because he's an Ohio kid. I mean, hour and a half, two hours away from Cincinnati, and he's quarterbacking here for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's it, it's freaking amazing. And you made a good point there. I mean, you know, I never really never really dug into that. I I, I knew that, but. As far as uh, you know, where Ken Anderson was from, Jeff Blake, Greg Cook being the only one that's Natty kid. Uh, you know, you see kid, but uh, you're right, man. Uh, that's a, that's an interesting. Well, and Jim, here's the thing that I'll say too, is that um, I have a good friend of mine that is a diehard LSU fan, diehard LSU fan. And he was telling me, he said, look, he said, I've grown up a Dallas Cowboy fan all my life, but because the impact that Joe Burrow had at LSU, you've got a lot of people in Louisiana that are rocking the black and orange now of the Cincinnati Bengals because they followed J Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Tyler Shelvin and Thaddeus Moss. And by the way, I hope Thaddeus Moss gets a few catches this year because I watched his daddy play at Marshall University back in the day. And and so that would be cool for us to have Thaddeus Moss there as a as a Bengal. But all the guy, all the LSU guys that have came, and that's what my friend was telling me down there. They said he said, look, it's a natural tie for us to follow the Bengals as a secondary team per se, because of all the LSU connections. Have you seen a guy in all of your years that has? You made a really good point there. The Burrow effect it has transformed where. 
te- fans of another of another team's fan base are watching the Bengals because of that guy and his impact in college. H- have you seen a guy like that in your years of following the Bengals? Because I can't remember one. I mean, the only one that can come close might be Boomer. Uh, but uh, but at the end of the day, uh, it's exactly right, man. I mean, what's interesting, I travel to a lot of different stadiums. I've been to 29 different NFL stadiums. Um, this past year, we go into the city near West Virginia, and that game, we, we, we made the road trip. And uh, I, I've never in my life had so many Steeler fans come up to me and talk about, instead of yelling at me and, and <laughs> heckling me, they were literally genuinely excited for us. Uh, and a big part of that was Joe Burrow. They love him. I was like, man, I hate that he's on your team, but this guy's awesome. We love him. Um, do you, we heard that all year. We were in Baltimore. We heard that from the Baltimore fans. Everywhere we went, whether they were a fan of the Bengals or not, they were talking positively and how, and how good Joe Burrow was. Now, you don't ever hear that. You really don't. Hey, everybody, Brian Sexton. Prices are going up by the day. We've got to find ways to increase our household revenue. Now, a couple ways you could do that is, one, you could go and ask your boss for a raise. But if that doesn't work, I've got another way for you. It's my friend Joe Hart's program called Products for Profit. Joe's been a guest here on the Intentional Encourage podcast and told his story about how learning retail arbitrage changed his life, and he's been helping thousands of people change theirs. Now, retail arbitrage is simply this. It's taking a product and buying it and then reselling it online for a higher price, and you keep the profits. And guess what? Amazon and Walmart use third-party resellers every day to fulfill their customer orders. I want you to go to productsforprofit.com or productsforprofit.carrd.co. Get connected to Joe's team. Tell them you heard about it on the Intentional Encourager podcast and start making money today with Products for Profit. And now let's get back to more great conversation on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Well, and I've seen interviews with his dad and mom and and where his mom is a principal in Meigs County. I used to work in Meigs County, and I, and I can tell you that's one of the poorest counties in the United States. It yeah. really is. And Athens County is not far behind because take away Athens and the plains where Joe's from, the rest of Athens County is poor. They are yeah. very poor. They're very remote and so for him to to hold on to those roots jim i've i haven't seen a guy to your point transcend like that but for bengals fans and i told my 21 year old son this he he grew up a packers fan i don't know how that happened because i surrounded him with enough black and orange well i know how it happened the packers beat the sealer they they beat the steelers in a super bowl so he just said well you know i'll veer off and, and be my own man here But I told him this, Jim, and I want to get your perspective on this. It's been a long time since Bengals fans have had that guy at quarterback, that dude at quarterback. My son has seen Aaron Rodgers for the last 10, 12 years, that dude playing quarterback. But it's been a long time, and God bless Andy Dalton. He's a Hall of Fame human being, but he's not Joe Burrow. Doesn't have that same effect. Andy Dalton will always be a Hall of Fame human being, but just not that guy. What's it like for you seeing that guy and seeing where Joe Burrow ranks in, in all these different polls and things, and it's top 10? In some cases, it's top five. What kind of feeling does that give you and Bengals fans in Cincinnati? Um, you, you know, it's, you know, for, 
many, many years, even when we had that stretch of playoff, uh, that playoff run that we had from 2010 to 2015, uh, when we were playing really well, just couldn't squeak out that, uh, that, that playoff win. But, um, you know, we never, ever, since the 80s, to be honest, have gotten really national recognition uh, about anything. And uh, what you're seeing now, you're not just seeing local and regional media pick up what the Bengals and Joe Burrow are doing. You're seeing now national and international stories around this team. And uh, it, it's, it's, it, it feels good for once uh, that the city and the team is being respected. And, and uh, you know, obviously the team has done a very good job building around Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the defensive upgrades they've done over the past few years, spending all that money in free agency. Um, it's it feels good to have the national attention and respect we're still not there it's still it's still not where it needs to be but it, it does you're starting to see it and you're starting to see that national respect uh and a lot of that ties into to joe burrow that's where it starts i mean a lot of good players that are surrounding him with a lot of fun players a lot of damn good players uh um, yeah but the national media has has really started picking up uh the Bengals as a storyline which you hadn't seen before uh, in in decades Jim, I'm so glad that the Bungles died last year. I, uh, I am geez, so glad geez. that the Bungles died. And, and I told people, I said, don't ever bring that at me again because the Bungles died. When you make a Super Bowl, the bad nicknames die. And so, yep. you know, again, the city up north in Ohio still hasn't been to a Super Bowl, which is good. I hope they don't ever go to a Super Bowl. It would be great if they never went, you know. That city, that city in Maryland over by the shore, I hope they don't ever go back to a Super Bowl. You know, it needs – and I was in Buffalo here. I've been in Buffalo recently, last several last several weeks. I've made three or four visits to Buffalo. And I tell those Buffalo fans, it wouldn't make me mad if the next 10 years the AFC championship game was the Bills and Bengals. It just – it wouldn't make me I mad love at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I got to ask you this. You had a lot of interaction with Zach Taylor, the head coach, the front office folks, and things like that. I'll get to that what that experience was like for you in a minute, but I've got to ask you this. Player aside, who's the best person that you've been around in that organization, either on the field or off the field, that really impacted you this last year as you've gotten to interact with so many people in the organization? You know, I, I, I've, I don't know if there's one individual I could really pick. That's a great question. I, I can tell you that I really like, you know, for, for decades and decades, as long as the Brown family has been here with the Cincinnati Bengals, they are huge in the community. I mean, they donate, I, I don't know what the number is, tens and thousands and thousands of dollars in this community, but they're not the type of people that go around publicizing it. For years, they would take care of all these different charities and and helping it, but they never would publicize it. They never would really get the word out. They they want to do it under the table without people knowing about it and just move on. Um, and, and then, I don't know, as far as players, I'll tell you, man, it's, <laughs> I mean, you've got some great, great people that have started some awesome charities and foundations. And a lot of these former players uh, are still in town. I mean, the Anthony Munoz Foundation here in Cincinnati has been outstanding. The Ken Anderson Alliance, which helps adults with autistic disabilities here in Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, there's foundation after foundation. You got the Ken Riley Foundation. You've got, I mean, uh, David Fulcher has an MS foundation here in yeah. Cincinnati that he works with. His wife has MS. I, I could go on and on and on. The one thing I think I, the past couple years this year, um, the one thing I've learned uh, the past few years uh, kind of opened my eyes is like, I, 
it's every most every one of these players it's they just weren't great players they're just great people off the field man that, that really care about the community and really care about these charities i mean uh we've been donating our tailgate and our podcast format our platform we've been using for years and years for charities last year we we hit six almost sixty thousand dollars in local charities that was split between 12 or 13 charities uh, we're already at twenty thousand this year. We think we might be able to touch a hundred grand this year. And I'll be honest, yeah. I, the, I think the reason that has kind of blown through the roof here, the, the the success of the Bengals has been awesome. Our tailgate platform and our podcast platform, and people want to help, uh, especially during that COVID situation. Man, there's yeah. charities here that they really struggled financially because they their whole their whole fundraising mechanism is meeting and greeting and, and getting out doing events. They couldn't do any of that, but it has been absolutely um, humbling to see what the Bengals have done in this community for decades, to see what a lot of these former players and current players are doing, have done, or are doing in this community. Uh, as a fan base, uh, we've stepped up as well and, and, and kind of doing the same thing. I know that's a long-winded answer, man. No, it's great. It's and, been fun to watch. And, Jim, what it triggers in my mind is, and, we, and let's go back to Joe Burrow for a second, it triggers in my mind the Heisman Trophy speech that he gave at LSU in 2019 – where he just said, I want to help my community in Athens, Ohio. And 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 he was given an interview. I, I forget the, the interview that he did. That that food bank now has about $1.6 or $1.8 million in it. And they've determined that it will feed people in Athens County for like the next 70 years. Something crazy like that. That's generational. And you talked about the guys. You talked about Ken Anderson. Ken Anderson hasn't played a down of football for the Cincinnati Bengals since 1985. Yep. David Fulcher hasn't played a down of football for the Cincinnati Bengals since the 1990s. Ken Riley, we, we, unfortunately, we lost Ken Riley last year to a heart attack, or, or I think that was what happened to him. But he hasn't played a down of football since the 1980s. So you're talking about, in in some cases, four plus, you know, 40 years. In some cases that those guys haven't put the pads on, but their impact is still being felt. And Absolutely. and their legacy is still being felt. And that's the thing. And I love what you said about guys now coming in that are trying to have that same legacy and that same impact and, and things like that. When you think about what you guys are trying to do with it with with the Bengal Gym tailgate experience and with the with the with the podcast and things like that. What kind of legacy do you hope you're leaving for your kids and grandkids with what you're doing now and, and in the next couple of years, how it's going to get even bigger? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great question. Well, I am if I am. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, I think what's really cool is, like, I have four boys from 21 to 30 years of age. Uh, and what's really cool is that I, they got to see what's been happening in the past few years with the charity stuff. And they're just kind of like, wow. I mean, to them, this is like a really, really big deal to kind of see what we've been doing. And as far as a legacy, I, mean, I don't know, man. I, don't, I mean, other than I just want them to know that um, there's always somebody that has it worse off than they do. They got to understand that. And, and they they have to make sure that they're always going out of the way to help others. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Um, so that, that's it. I'm not sure if that's, that's an answer to your question, but that's, that's kind of where I'll leave it. 
No, it, it, it's a great answer to, to and I'm just jotting this down, always going out of your way to help others. And, and again, that that's real impact, Jim. That that is that goes in and, and and forgive me for saying it this way, but it goes beyond honors that people bestow on us, right? Because that'll live lot what you're doing and what your foundation's doing, what these guys' foundations do live longer than anything they did on the field or anything that they were a part of. It just it goes on and has the ability to go on long past us, you know past the time that we're here. Hey everybody, Brian Sexton. You know dreams are powerful pieces of intentional encouragement. We all have them. If you're a business owner, you've probably always dreamed of taking your sales to levels you've never seen before. I've got a guy that can help you with that. His name is Brad Norwood. My good buddy Brad has been on the Intentional Encourager podcast as a guest before, and he is a dream specialist. His company, Dream It Pro, offers incentive packages to travel to places such as the Masters, Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, even exotic places that you've always wanted to take your team, but you just didn't know how to do it. Brad's your guy. And oh, by the way, Brad's a certified bucket list coach, so he can help your team members achieve their personal dreams as well. I want you to go to www.dreamitpro.com and find out more or call him directly at 479-466-6907. And by the way, tell him you heard it on the Intentional Encourage podcast. Let's get back to more great conversation here on the Intentional Encourage podcast. I got to ask you, the the 2021 NFL Fan of the Year, that was really cool. I watched the announcement with with now, now New York Jets tight end C.J. Uzama, um, Elizabeth Blackburn, who's right. the marketing director for the team and does a lot of social media things. Take me through that moment. Did you have any idea that that was going to happen? Did you uh, walk me through that scenario, if you will? Yeah, man, I'll tell you, uh, no, I had no clue that was going to go down. And actually, as I as I park here in front of Paul Brown Stadium, believe it or not, uh, that's where I'm at right now. Um, I'm surprised uh, they haven't given you an office there, Jim. <laughs> I, I'm surprised they haven't man, given, you, you know, funny. yeah, go ahead. I get it. I get it. But what they what they did, they called me on a, on a Friday and said, hey, Monday, we want you to come down to the stadium. We want you to do some. Uh, some more game day experience stuff they've been working on. I just uh, got done finishing some stuff up like a couple weeks before. I said, yeah, not a problem. So I'm getting down there at three o'clock on, on a Monday afternoon. And um, so they, I get right in the lobby. They put a mic on me immediately and they start walking me down to section 158, which is in the corner of the end zone. And uh, I see the back of this cutout uh, of CJ Uzama. I didn't know it was CJ Uzama. I seen the back of it. It was all white. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, all of a sudden, there was a camera in front of me, a camera in back of me. There was a camera to my right. I was like, this seems like overkill. I didn't think anything of it. It seems a little different. You know, a lot of cameras, unnecessary cameras to me. So I get down there, and they just wanted to start asking me questions about how the season's going. I think we were, I don't know what we were, uh, second week in October, like four and two or something like that, three and one maybe. I can't remember. Uh, so they set me down. I couldn't even turn around and look at the CJ Uzama cutout. I didn't see it was him because as soon as I sat down, they had me looking right at the camera. They started asking me some kind of BS questions a little bit. And then all of a sudden the Jumbotron pops on uh, with CJ Uzama uh, announcing me as the, the Bengals 2021 fan of the year. And I kind of like, oh, my God, that was just amazing. Be fan of the year. And that was enough for me. And then all of a sudden uh, Elizabeth Blackburn and 
uh, Hootay the mascot and some Bengals front office people start walking down to where I was saying congratulations. And then they say, hey, on top of that, you're going to be ruler of the jungle for the Kansas City Chiefs game, the new pregame thing they got wow. going on here. Yeah. We're up on stage with a big staff. Uh, so I was like crying at that point. Like, this is awesome. I'm fan of the year. They're making me rule the jungle. I was so like, oh my gosh, there's so many tens of thousands of fans that are deserving of this. Why me? And then all of a sudden, Uday pulls out these two giant cardboard Super Bowl tickets and say, on top of that, you're going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, <laughs> I was overwhelmed. I started crying. Um, all my friends made fun of me uh, for a long time. Still to this day, they still get on me about crying. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they would have done the same thing, buddy. Uh, yeah. But it was it was truly humbling because what people don't understand, it's not just fans on social media, man. There are fans that have been fans through thick and thin yeah. through the 90s, through, just like you and I, right? And they're yeah. not on social media, right? They're not out there on social media trying to make a name for themselves. And those fans are just as deserving as me. Uh, but somehow um, people nominated me, and out of hundreds of nominations, the, uh, the Bengals selected me. And I'll tell you, it was a one whirlwind year. It was probably the most unbelievable sports year of my life. And uh, that fan of the year was just <laughs> – too much. It was overkill for me. It was unbelievable. Well, and here's the thing. None of us knew at that point that that the, the two Super – getting Super Bowl tickets would be grand enough as it is, but then we never dreamed that we'd see our team play in the Super Bowl. And I, 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 I'll share this with you real quick, Jim. I have a friend of mine that lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He pastors a church up there. We've watched Bengals games together. We'll talk after – I mean, we're just – we're diehard fans. We were FaceTiming each other as Evan McPherson's kick in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game is going through. And my t my TV was getting it before he was. So he heard me screaming before he saw the kick go through the uprights. But that was a moment when you're a Bengals fan like that. Of course, 15 minutes later, I was on Fanatics ordering this hat and the T-shirt, you know. I was I was trying to get in there as quick as I can to to get the 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 fanatics order in. But Jim, the reaction of fans, you were there in the stadium in Kansas City, but the fans reactions yes, all over the place, people screaming, running. I had dinner with a friend of mine who lives in in northern Virginia and and he was he was beside himself in his living room. It's, it's amazing the impact. I got to ask you about Zach Taylor real quick, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Sure. There is something about that guy that instantly makes you like him. And what gravitated me to him was after the Jacksonville win in week four. He says to the players in the locker room, now that's a connected team if I've ever seen one. And I love the power of connection. I don't believe there's anything like the power of connection. And Zach Taylor gets it. What's one thing that you've learned about Zach Taylor being around him a little bit like you have? What's one thing about him that surprised you about him? Like, man, I knew this guy was this, but I didn't know he was that. You know, it's funny. I, I knew uh, his family were – I mean, he coached here at University of Cincinnati for a short period of time too. So I, I knew the family was very involved in the community charity-wise and uh, really, really good people. Um I think the thing that I opened my eyes that was kind of surprising to me, uh, and I guess this is one of the one of the act, good attributes that he has, and I think what the Brown family saw in him is that <laughs> football has changed over the decades, right? So you had, you know, Forrest Gregg, the, you know, 
yelling in your face, grabbing your face mask at. You had Marvin Lewis, who built a great foundation uh, here in Cincinnati, but he was an old school football guy. Um, the thing that I think maybe I really didn't think about it at the time, but what's very obvious to us as fans is that this guy is totally different when it comes to um, the old traditional football coach. Um, he has a different style. Um, it's not in your face yelling at you. He's a, he's a teacher. He educates. He puts people in the right place. The players trust him because they know he knows what he's talking about. I think at the end of the day, I think the one thing that opened my eyes more than anything is that we haven't had a coach like him here ever in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, every coach we've ever had has been more of a hardcore disciplinarian yelling in your face. Not to say Zach doesn't yell, but and doesn't have discipline on his team. He just does it a different way. And I think that's the most unique thing that I've seen out of Coach Taylor here. I got to say this. Let me add this to this, and, and, and we'll wrap this up. And again, Jim, you've been so great with your time. But I'll say this. What, what strikes me about Zach Taylor is his immense respect for coaches. Obviously, his father-in-law was Mike, is Mike Sherman, who coached in the NFL and at Texas A&M, uh, head right. coach of the Packers. It, it amazes me just the sheer respect and love that he has for other coaches who came before him. He, he, he's very deferential. Everything that I've seen him talk about coaches, I'm like, man, that that's a guy that I could go play for. That's a guy as a fan that I can get behind because he makes everybody feel important. And th there is nothing better in life than that, Jim. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. He's, I don't know, I don't know this for a fact, but it just seems like he's a sponge, right? So everywhere he's been, he's taken something from from somebody, a coach that he's coached with. And uh, we had him on our podcast about three weeks ago, and uh, he's been reading Paul Brown books, right? Uh, <laughs> kind of learning more about Paul Brown and the history of the Cincinnati Bengals and the history of Paul Brown. So th this guy is all about, you know, learning and. And how, how does he help the, you know, the players on a the team these days? So, Yeah, and I was telling you before we started recording, if, if Zach Taylor hadn't gone to Nebraska, he would have come to my school, which is Marshall University. Of course, his brother right. came, to, came to Marshall. But, Jim, man, this has been cool. This has been really good. It's a different episode of the podcast. But, my goodness, man, thank you for sharing with, with us. And, and, again, honored to get to know you and get to know you better. My hope is to come to Cincinnati and sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. That would be very brother, cool. Brother, you get in town. If you get in town for a game, we got a spot for you pregame. And uh, anytime, man, it means a lot. And I apologize for the uh Hey, the this has been – no, this session. has been cool. This is the this is only the second podcast that we've had where, where our guest has been mobile. So this is – Jim, this is very cool. I, I so appreciate it. Thank you for joining me today on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Hey, man, it, means, it means a lot, man. I appreciate it. Who day, buddy? Who day? My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And of course, the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. If you're not subscribed to the Intentional Encourager podcast, hit the subscribe button wherever you get podcasts so you don't miss an exciting episode where you can get encouraged and stay encouraged. And remember, anyone, anywhere, at any time, any place can be an intentional encourager.